Hi again, everyone. I'm Matt Lachlan. Welcome to the official Devil's Pausecast. And the way things are going, we will have recorded more pausecasts than podcasts if we stay on this track. But we all have to do what is necessary to stay safe and healthy during this time. And so we will continue to call it the Pausecast until we return to whatever normal looks like when normal hits us. We are very pleased to have joining me once again, and he did such a terrific job last time we were together, Rob Lapolis, the Binghamton Devils play-by-play announcer. Rob, thanks very much again. It was a lot of fun last time we spoke. Glad to have you back this time. It was. uh, Thank you for having me back. I'm looking forward to it. And so we have two very special guests joining us, members of the Binghamton Devils, although one of them did uh, show his face, if you will. In fact, scored his first National Hockey League goal playing for the Devils this year. And we're talking about Nate Schnarr and Nick Merkley, who was the player who scored the goal. But both began the season as members of the Arizona Coyotes. But on December 16th, the Devils traded Taylor Hall to Arizona, uh, along with Blake Spears. And in return, they received Kevin Ball, Nick Merkley, Nate Schnarr, a conditional first-round pick in the 2020 draft and a third-round pick in the 2020. 21 draft. And so with that aside, let's welcome our guests to the show. Nate and Nick, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, Thanks for having us. Nate, we'll start with you. Uh, Where are you joining us from? And just take us through the moment uh, you did know that the season was coming to an end. Um, I'm joining us from uh, Waterloo, Ontario. So I'm back uh, living at my mom's place right now. enjoying the time back here but um i think the, when the season the way we kind of found out we had a game in uh rochester i believe it was and then um i forget which i think it was basketball was kind of the first sport to shut down and we we finished a game that night we heard about that and we were actually hopping on the bus to laval and uh, i remember the road trip there there was a lot of speculation but nothing really going on and then uh, the next morning we woke up and we got a text saying, pack your bags, be ready for legal announcement later today. So um, we were just kind of waiting in the balance, but um, definitely a crazy time right now. We love pets. So whose dog did we hear? Was that yours or was that Nick's? I think that's Merch's. Ah. <laughs> yeah, what kind of- just barking in the background there, I had to switch rooms there. Oh, no, that's all right. We love pets, and uh, particularly in a time like this when they can provide so much comfort. So, Nick, you're joining us from Calgary. What's the dog's name, by the way, and uh, what kind of dog is it? Um, Max. He's kind of a mutt, uh, kind of like Bichon Shih Tzu, some poodle in there. So he's kind of a mix there. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to have him here with me. How long have you had it or him? Um, I think he's, he's 13 now, so he's getting up there. So he's slowing down a bit, but um, still got some good energy. Well, uh, hopefully he's around for a lot longer to provide that comfort and that joy. So I'm going to switch back to you, Nate. Where is Waterloo and what's it like? Um, it's, it's near Kitchener, so um, an hour southwest of uh, Toronto or so. Um, it's just a small community, a uh, big hockey town, and I think that's partially the reason why, why I love it so much. We had OHL tickets, uh, regular season all the way growing up, and I remember countless hours being spent at the rink just watching my brothers and uh, local teams playing. Rob? Now, Nate, uh, we know that 
when you came over to Binghamton in the trade, uh, you were obviously with Merkley. Uh, what was that like? Just kind of, it had to have helped being in uh, a situation with a, a teammate in a new environment. Yeah, I think, I think it was huge for sure. Obviously um, it's a stressful time being traded and uh, my first pro season, um, my first time being traded, it was def definitely stressful. So it was nice to have an older guy like Merckx to lean on. So um, I think he was the first guy I called after and kind of talked about it. And um, it was just nice to travel with each other, kind of bounce stuff off each other and uh, figure out a plan together. But uh, the other nice thing was that I work out with Nader Bastian in the summer. So um, he was the second guy on my call list. And um, he was a great guy to have, have there and lean on as well. What was it like for each of you? You were both drafted by Arizona. Nick, you were a first-round pick in 2015. And Nate, you were selected in the third round two years later. So you're starting to make your way. You said, Nate, it was your first year as pro. But Nick, you're trying to make your way through the Arizona system. You had made your NHL debut with them. And suddenly you find yourself traded for a former MVP. And now it's new organization and all that sort of stuff. Nick, what was that like? Yeah, obviously, uh, you get drafted there and you want to do well. And um, obviously, um, a couple of injuries here and there and then um, didn't work out completely. So um, obviously excited to get to the the Devils and get that new opportunity. And then obviously, it's a big trade too with a, a big name like that. So um, yeah, you just want to come in and kind of make a mark and kind of show what you can do and um, you kind of start over and, and get a new opportunity. Is it more pressure, Nate, because Taylor Hall is the person for whom you were traded, along with others, but? Uh, yeah, I think, I think you hit it on the head when you mentioned that he's a former MVP. Um, but I think, I think you, you come to New Jersey just wanting to kind of prove your worth and prove that, that it was a good trade for the Devils. And, um, yeah. Now, Nick, when, when you came over, um, you were just off to such a hot start right away uh what really clicked for you guys and especially you were on one of the best teams in the american hockey league at the time in in tucson you come to a a binghamton team that was struggling at the time uh what did you bring to the locker room and and how'd you get off to to such a quick start and click so fast uh i think i think obviously just fitting in right away and having mermis as my camp captain last year and kind of fitting in right away like that and then uh, obviously just getting opportunities um, that I wasn't getting in Arizona uh, on power play and um, just gaining that confidence again and becoming the player that they drafted me as there. So um, I think that was the biggest thing for me. And for Nate, what about coming uh, over? What, what, you know, again, just starting your pro career, but now it's another organization and West to East. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it was just trying to absorb as much as I can. Uh, it's my first year pro, so I was just trying to see what works for everyone. And I think coming to Binghamton, I just wanted to bring a lot of energy. Um, I noticed in Tucson, uh, we had a lot of fun there and it's a great group of guys. But coming over to Binghamton, um, that's definitely a special group of guys. And I think it showed in, in the second half when we came over. It, um, we just clicked and we had a lot of fun and that's a special group. And what, you know, you, you will get into Binghamton, I kind of asked Nick the same thing a little bit, but uh, when you get into that locker room and, and things aren't going well, 
what were you guys able to maybe just take from Tucson and the, the success that you were having there and really just kind of jumpstart everything in the, the positive direction in Binghamton? Uh, I think most of it's just a mindset. I think um, you can get complacent with losing and in tough times, it's, it's tough to see the light ahead of you. But um, I think that, that winning's contagious. Once you get a taste of it, that you just want more and more. And I think it just kind of caught on and, everyone kind of started playing, playing the roles that we needed. And that was huge for our success. So what are you looking forward to Nate, uh, whenever we get back? Uh, I think we have a really special group. I think we could have made a lot of noise in playoffs. I think, uh, if we get that chance that, um, I don't think we're afraid of any team. And I think, I think we can uh, make a run and make this a really special year for us. Do you guys still stay in contact with each other? How does that work? Uh, with Mertz? Well, with uh, Nick or with your other teammates, like how are you staying in touch with people? Um, and how I've often? Been, uh, I've been in touch with Mertz a fair little bit. Um, he, he's, he kept his car here for a while, so I was, I was in charge of watching that for him. But um, mm-hmm. Nader's from the same town, so keep in touch with him. And uh, I've been talking with Schmel and Sini and a couple of the younger guys as well. So, uh, Quick shout out to Schmel for having his, his baby boy. So congratulations to him. But um, yeah, I think, I think you keep in touch with everyone and it's, it's a great group. So now, now we're getting to the stories. So you had to wash his car. I mean, I realized eventually it was going to make its way back West to Alberta, but you had to, you had to keep the car scrubbed. Uh, not scrubbed. I think I just kind of watched over it. I, uh, <laughs> There was, there was some getting some rust on the brakes, so I, uh, I enjoyed taking it out for a quick spin around the neighborhood, but um, tried to take care of it for him. So hopefully it shows up in good condition. Now, how many, how many miles did you put on it? Uh, that I'm not sure I can tell him, so we're going to keep that between uh, me and the Jag for the moment, and he'll, he'll find out in a couple days. And you left it. Let's say the gas was empty when I got it. <laughs> that was that was literally that was my next question. I go, did you leave it on E? Because that's what I probably would have done. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think it was pretty close to empty. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I'm sorry, what kind of car is it? Oh, it's a Jaguar. Nice. Is 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 that something you had your eye on? Like, have you always been like a muscle sports car kind of guy, Nick? Yeah, I've, I've always been into cars, and then uh, I was driving this 2004 Civic, my uh, first year pro, and actually, I, drove, I, I think I drove three or four guys to my first NHL game in Arizona in it, and uh, yeah, after that year, I just kind of um, wanted to take, take that next step, and always had an eye on that car, so um, finally got that purchase, and yeah, happy I did it. So I think, so Nate asked you to leave the car at his house. <laughs> I mean, he. I think he just got a nice car too, so he's been ripping it around in that too. Tell us more, Nate. What kind of car you got? Uh, I got an Acura RDX, so uh, it's definitely a nice, comfortable ride, and I'm happy with it. So you were just doing comparison driving. That's really what you I were just, doing. I just had to test it out and see which one I like better, but uh, I think I'm going to have to give the edge to the Acura this time, so... <laughs> <laughs> Might have oh. to get the two out racing one time, or we'll see. 
So what is it about Nate that made you trust him with your car? Because I would think, and maybe you can give us a name of a teammate that you wouldn't trust with the car oh, necessarily. That's pretty easy. I think uh, there's obviously one in mind. It's uh, Mikey McLeod. <laughs> that's, that, that came out pretty quick. I think uh, everyone would have the same answer there. Um, Starzy, though, is pretty reliable. Um, he's the one in our house always taking out the garbage and, and doing the dishes. So, um, yeah, yeah, I could leave it with Schnarzy for sure. But, Mikey, there's no chance. That's funny because uh, <clears throat> Nate uh, voted Mikey as the worst driver on the team. So, it's oh, good yeah, you didn't saw, do We saw that. We had to follow him to uh, All-Star break. We were going to Florida. And we had to drive to Philadelphia to fly out. And, um there was some close calls on that road trying to fall <laughs> behind them there. So, hey, Well, I'm glad we found out, <laughs> by the way, in our last episode, confirmed in this one. And uh, that means I will not be accepting a lift from uh, Mikey McLeod. Uh, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll, be, uh, we'll be doing Lyft or Uber or I'll be doing the driving should that come up. <laughs> So how much did you guys know about each other before you became teammates? I love to say that hockey is not a very wide river, but it's very deep. Do you guys have any connections? I know you're different age groups. Um, for me, I uh, obviously was watching Schnarzy light it up in the Memorial Cup and kind of following through, through that. And obviously when a guy gets drafted, you go to some development camps and rookie camps with them. So um, kind of get to know him that way. But uh, yeah, other than that, I don't think we have any um, former connections before then. So, um, yeah, we obviously got really close this year and uh, got to room together. And, um, yeah, I went through the whole process together. So that was nice to get to know him and um, see how good of a kid he is. <laughs> He's just laughing uh, in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't talk to him like that. That's right. <laughs> uh, fair enough. So who else are your roommates, by the way? And, uh, you know, what other duties are shared? I mean, if Nate's taking out the garbage and cleaning the dishes, Nick, what's your, what's your contribution? Um, I do a little bit of everything here and there. I'll help him out once in a while. Um, he I keeps guess the just, couch uh, pretty warm. Just take him under my wing. That's kind of all. <laughs> <laughs> That's that senior leadership is yeah. what you're providing, right? Exactly. Merck likes to uh, Merck likes to keep the couch pretty warm. Uh, <laughs> I'll give him some credit. He's pretty good in the kitchen. He uh, takes lead on the the dinner sometimes. He's got his go to. So I'll give him that one. What is uh, what is the go to in the kitchen? Uh, we kind of do a little bit of everything. Uh, usually salmon, sweet potatoes, and like some kind of uh, either either Brussels sprouts or um, broccoli or asparagus kind of. That's probably the go-to. Asparagus and broccoli, you like a little crispness to it? Like I yeah, do? Yeah, for sure. Throw oh, in the oven abs- for a absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Maybe on broil. Yeah, we'll see. You got to nice. try grilling it. You got to try grilling it. Ooh. Yeah, that would be nice, That's, actually, too. Yes. No barbecue, though, but we'll find a way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed about the healthy lifestyle there, for sure. I mean, but again, that, that speaks volumes about being a professional athlete. But yeah, I would, I would go with the roasted. I'm more of a roasted guy, not with the asparagus. I do that on the, in a pan, little yeah. oil or butter. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, definitely the Brussels sprouts are roasted, man. They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You're making my mouth water. I have to cook <laughs> something up tonight. So who else is in the house with you guys? 
it was it was just us two. Oh, so, it was okay. Uh, we got our housing letter uh, shortly after we got to Binghamton, and um, we just found a Airbnb, a nice little apartment type thing, right right near the arena, and it worked perfectly. Were you guys together in Tucson like that too, or did the trade force you together? Uh, uh, yeah. I, uh, sorry, I was with uh, Kyle Capabianco in Tucson. Um, yeah, and we had a, a nice place north of Tucson there. And it looks like uh, and then you obviously have to trade in all your shorts and T-shirts in the middle of winter for pants and, and sweatshirts and snow boots. Yeah, exactly. They, uh, they sat in a closet for a few months there, that's for sure. No more, <laughs> no more sit by the pool and sit going into the hot tub. Yeah, no, that, that, that's not going to happen too often in the middle of winter in Binghamton, that is for sure. Uh, so we hear all the time uh, from athletes who transition in the NHL from west to east or east to west, what a difference it is in travel. Uh, I've only experienced on the east side, but teams are a lot closer, and the wear and tear is not there as it is, say, for a team that's from Vancouver, like the Canucks, where they have a lot to do, or San Jose. Is there a big difference east to west as well? Uh, in the AHL, and can you compare it and, and talk about some of the adjustments you had to make to uh, go, well, the opposite way. I mean, you were going from long bus trips, I guess, to a lot of short stuff and, and some flights to bus rides a lot. Yeah, I think I think Merckx can probably talk about this one a little bit more than I can it, for I mean, it being my first pro season, but I noticed that um, in Binghamton, you just feel a lot, a lot more rested. I think getting home, getting to sleep in your bed a lot more often, uh, definitely helps your body recover. And um, I think we only took a bus once in, in Tucson and it was definitely a long trip and the rest were flights and it takes a toll on your body sitting around the airport and taking flights all the time. So it's nice in Binghamton to have a short bus ride and then be back and sleeping in your own bed more frequently. Yeah, yeah uh, I'd say um, it's night and day like the, travel there is in the west is uh your body feels just run down all the time you're kind of not prepared um you got to go even a couple nights before the games because you have to fly in and then practice for a day and then have that night sleep so um to get home and get in your own bed every night and um just get that extra rest even have days off that you're not flying and you uh can actually rest and do what you need to do that day. I think that's huge too. So um, yeah, it's been, it was really nice just having my body feel rested and uh, recuperated all the time. And, and I know, you know, you guys didn't do it, but uh, the only flight that you take from Binghamton is to Charlotte and there's, you know, no, you don't have to go through metal or you go through metal detectors, you got long waits, uh, commercial flight. So how, you know, you're in an airport. What was it like? Uh, it was same thing. I'm I'm guessing out west, where uh, you know you're you're getting your bags checked and and you're waiting in in uh, lobbies. What was the big difference there? Nick, that's right. Don't jump. You, I believe. Yeah, or, uh, jump. yeah, it was. It was. Who, me? Are you sorry? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'd say just like that waiting period and. Um, going through all that, like all the time is, and even when you, well, you actually you don't go to Canada at all over there, but um, just waiting the whole day at the airport and especially 
as I said before, um, the days that you would have off, like that Sunday, it would usually be a Sunday that you played Friday, Saturday, and then you're flying home. That's your day off. So you're back practicing Monday and your day off was flying the whole day. So your body kind of isn't getting that extra, extra day to recuperate. So, um, and then obviously you're waiting all the time and um, around people all the time. And even the, you're on Southwest too, which you're battling for seats. So <laughs> do the old fake cough while someone's walking by and stuff, trying not to get that middle seat filled. So that. Um, yeah, it's been pretty good though. Um, I like the change of um, being, being home at the right times and um, especially like the games in Syracuse and stuff like that. You're home and you're actually home sometimes before you would even be at, at home and bingo. So um, it's nice doing that. Now, uh, Nate, I'll ask you uh, a separate question, but kind of similar. Uh, you know, you, you do have the out West back to backs almost, you know, if you, if you're on the road, you're playing the same team, maybe, you know, back-to-back nights where sometimes in, in Binghamton, you know, you're in Bridgeport on a Friday night, you get back into town at, you know, 3.30, 4 a.m. and you're right back at it. Uh, would you say that's still easier than maybe the, the flights? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think, I think um, in the West, it, it almost feels like a mini playoff series. You do video, you kind of learn about the team when you're going two or three games in a row against them. And um, meanwhile, on this side, um, like you said, like there might be a longer bus ride or, um, but I think, I think it's just the toll over the season in the West that, 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 that's hard on your body. But, um, I think on this side, we do a really good job of, of getting home in time and understanding what each player needs. If it's getting a morning skate off or whatever it is, uh, I think that's a big advantage. You guys are accustomed to coming out of junior and especially out West Nick, with long bus rides. So give me a good bus ride story that you talk to your mates about still, whether it was length, whether it was somebody, you know, broke out the uh, karaoke, uh, whether it's just one of those stories that you'll tell for a long, long time. Nick, how about you first? And then Nate, we'll let you put your thinking cap on. Um, for me, probably just the, in junior, I always had to do the, like, in-division nine-hour trip to uh, – to Brandon and um, a few times we would do the uh, rookie karaoke so I think that's one of the memories and then obviously the rookie karaoke throughout my whole career has been pretty unreal Um, and then I'd probably say too when we had to go to Brandon and that's probably the funnest road trip in the WHL is um, going to well you're out in the west in Kelowna and you go to um, with current and Brandon and do that road trip out east um that's always a fun time and it's usually during Christmas too so it's full-on cold and um the snow's up to your knees and yeah so I, I think just going through that with your teammates um you learn a lot and um kind of get closer together so those it, are that's hockey time. man that 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 vision that you've planted in our heads <laughs> yeah. that's hockey man and nate we're going to get to you in a second but i want to go back to some of those towns because they are so much a part of hockey lore where swift current and medicine had what are those small towns like when there was an nhl lockout one of the ones that i've experienced um i thought i would take a trip out there with chico resh 
and uh, Chico does the radio commentary at the time. We were both working TV, I believe. But at any rate, uh, and we were going to just do all those small towns. It didn't work out. I don't know if I'll ever get the chance again. But help me understand what those small towns are like, Nick. Yeah, it's uh, obviously it's it's just unreal to even go to them. And there's so much history and so rich, um, the history that they have. And um, you obviously get to see all the pictures and all the banners that are up and the especially because my brother played in swift current as well so um my parents got to go out there and visit him all the time but that rink's just small it's almost like a minor hockey rink and um even even though it's small it gets loud because it's so full all the time um and i think yeah obviously you get that hockey history and um yeah i think you get that extra extra emotion when you're playing too so um, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool to um, go through that experience. And, and there's a lot actually in the dub that are like that and have that long history in those small towns. Yeah. Let's not forget Moose Jaw. Add that to the, add that yeah. to the list as well. I do sure. want to get to Nate, but I got to ask because I'm going to forget otherwise. So who was the worst rookie karaoke performer? Ooh. Like uh, just was so bad. It was laughable. In, in, um, in the AHL this year? Sure, why not? In Binghamton? Yeah, a name uh, that we might be more familiar with. Ooh. I think Nate, Nate has a name in mind, by the way, I think. Uh, I think, well, I was in, I don't know if, did we, I don't think we got to it in uh, Binghamton. We were actually about to have our, uh, our rookie stuff that weekend in, um, in Quebec. But uh, in Tucson, it was probably the goalie. Uh, Ivan Kozbetov because he's Russian, so he couldn't really understand what he was singing. So that was probably the one, yeah. All right, uh, so Nate, and, and then we can hit some other questions. And sorry, Rob, for Bogart and the conversation here, but uh, you know, do you have some bus trip story that you'd like to share with us since Bingham? We'll have to wait for that Binghamton rookies, you know, <laughs> thing uh, when we get back. But anybody, any trip, Nate, that really stands out for you? Uh, yeah, I think I have one, but I'm, uh, I'm really glad Mertz enjoyed my singing this year. I'm glad I wasn't on the top of his <laughs> list for singing there. So it's nice to know I have a good voice, but, um, I think, I think one that stands out for me is, uh, the Sioux road trip. Uh, it's, uh, supposed to be only an eight hour trip and that's our longest one in the O. Um, but the highway was closed and it ended up taking us 12 and a half hours and, it was definitely a long day, and uh, I guess that's nothing for a W guy like Merck, but um, for an O guy, that's a long trip. Uh, and then the other one that stands out is um, just before playoffs, we're on our way to uh, Ottawa to close out the regular season, and we, uh, we started a card game. I think there were 12 of us at the start, and then uh, four and a half hours later, it was getting a little heated, and it was between me and one guy. And, um, last hand was dealt out and we pulled up to the hotel and I was about to win but everyone kiboshed the game because we didn't get really get to finish it so uh that one was tough it would have been nice to finish a four-hour card game but now I'll ask both you guys uh, either can answer uh when you're talking about the karaoke Nick and, and Nate in so when I was broadcasting in the USHL the whole team would just go out to dinner every night. Did you guys ever do the restaurant karaoke where you're up on the chair, middle of the restaurant? I've never seen that. Oh, no, I've, ne I've was, never heard of that one. 
it was that was tough to watch and and <laughs> it was awkward <laughs> we did we did some shoe checks back in the day that's and, yeah uh, it was a shoe check and, the, okay. and the, whoever got picked yeah, had to I've stand up middle yeah. of the restaurant and sing a song and it was yeah. oh <laughs> it was painful <laughs> how does it work how does this shoe check work what's the premise there oh for when in, in Kelowna, it would be like during dinner, everyone would be sitting there. Some guys would have your backs to them, so they'd be everyone would be at different tables, and um, someone would crawl under the table and put some ketchup on the top of their shoe, and then you go back to your seat. And if you ding, you ding your glass like a uh, speech, and then uh, once the guy looks at his shoe, <laughs> he has to sing a song. So. And I love plus it. You have to wipe the ketchup off and shoot that too. Uh. <laughs> Rob, how's your voice, by the way? Uh, yeah, uh, not not good. All not right. good. <laughs> Tonight, low low tone voice. But I always I would always change my shoes, take my nice shoes off before we went into the restaurant, and and put the junk shoes on. So <laughs> veteran move, veteran yeah. move. Voice for radio. Yeah, <laughs> face for it too. <laughs> Uh, so I, let's let's turn our attention to uh, something that I know is near and dear to your heart, um, Nate, and that is McFadden's movement. Uh, Rob shared some information with me about what that movement's all about and your involvement in it. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more? Yeah, it's it's a mental health awareness. Um, so my former captain started it, and it's really close to his heart. And um, I think mental health affects us all. It's nice to try to play a part in fighting fighting that. Um, and I think it's all about just reaching out and having, having a discussion like this and just starting the conversation. And um, if there's one person out there struggling, it's if I can change one person's life and help them reach out, that's, that's a big difference. And that, that would mean a lot. So obviously offering your support as a professional athlete is important. Are you speaking, if I can ask from some personal experience, were there some anxieties that you dealt with and said, hey, listen, I want people to know that you can be drafted, you can play at a high level of hockey, you just got to deal with some things. Yeah, I think, I think um, there was a little bit growing up uh, in my childhood and then uh, hockey, hockey can be stressful. Even uh, it's, you can take a toll on it and I find the worst thing is if you keep it inside and uh, you can battle yourself forever about that and um, I did that for a while growing up and it really takes a toll on every aspect of your life. And then um, finally I was able to start reaching out and talking to people about it. And um, it affects every aspect of your life. It, it affects your social life and even how you play. And um, I think that was big for me is just being able to reach out. And then um, I felt that weight lifted off my chest and, and that was huge. So, My wife is, so, uh, is a uh, social worker and she often says, better out than in. Yeah. Let it yeah. go. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an important thing. Absolutely. And uh, we were supposed to have the first annual McFadden Movement Charity Golf Tournament, but um, COVID's tossed the wrench in that. So we're having a corn tournament this next weekend and playing some video games online and hoping to get a couple of donations through that. And um, He's an awesome guy, so it's nice to be able to, to help. And Nate, you'll have, to, you'll have to share that info with us. We'd love to try and, and push that out to help out. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you very much. So uh, Rob was kind enough to share the Media Day player questionnaire. 
that you guys filled out, obviously coming to the team a little later than when the media day was held earlier. So, uh, Nick, who or what is Morgan Wallen? Oh, he's a country music singer. All right. Uh, okay. I, I, I figured he was. Not my genre, obviously. But uh, I, I actually, I covered baseball with the New York Mets. And we were down in Atlanta, and one of the Braves players said he was a big fan. This was before everyone knew who Rascal Flats was. He said, oh, I'm a big Rascal Flats fan. And that was my question to him. Who or what <laughs> yeah. is Rascal Flats? So I haven't come very far yeah, in my he's country. Kinda, he's kind of up and coming. So he's, he's actually pretty hot right now. But, um, yeah, he's, he's more of a newer um, artist. Okay, so 10 years from now, I can say he's a superstar, and I, <laughs> yeah, I embarrass too. myself asking Nick Merkley uh, about, about him. Uh, so you're a big country fan? Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. about you, Nate? Yeah, I, I'd probably say country as well. I kind of, I mix it up, and I'm all over the place, but I'd say country is my favorite. Do you guys have to battle for who controls the music in the dressing room? Um. Actually, this year we had this uh, big booty mix. It's like uh, um, a bunch of remixes put together. So we had that playing all the time. So no one could argue. I guess that was the <laughs> bottom line that no one could argue about the music if that was going. So, um, but usually, usually Schnarzy takes control in the apartment and throws on his music. So now, Nate, uh, I got to ask you going off of the the surveys as well. Uh, your most embarrassing moment, it says you scored on your own net. Uh, was it an accident or I, I hope it was an accident, but uh, how, how did that happen? You're bringing back some uh, bad memories here, but um, it was, I think it was my first year in Guelph and um, halfway through the season, um, it was a delayed penalty and uh, I got the puck and I, I went behind the net and I was looking for an option and I uh, thought I saw a guy in the slot and I, uh, I went to pass it to him and went right past him and right <laughs> down the whole ice right into our net. And uh, that, was, that was probably one of the worst for me was just, and I think I made Sportsnet's misplays of the year. And it was, it was a tough time for me because my family had a lot of fun with that too. So, What were your thoughts as you said, this is going to go <laughs> in our own net? Yeah, it was just like, I was like, it's going to mess. Nope, nope. And it was like right in the middle of that. I was like, oh, I did not just do that. Like, that's one that I'll remember forever, for sure. And it's nice of Sportsnet to, to keep that alive, right? <laughs> and so it's, it's like it's, you do any kind of a Google search and you can find it. It'll live forever. So <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be out there for a while. So I'm sure someone will find it after we brought it up on a podcast. <laughs> I'm already looking. <laughs> Nick, you have anything similar or some story that was kind of bizarre that way? Um, on, actually, this year, um, when I, I uh, did the eye um, up in New Jersey, uh, I had to go out. The boys made me go out with no uh, helmet on. And then uh, about 30 seconds in to doing warm-ups it was I was just doing warm-ups that game um I two guys ran into each other Joey Anderson and uh Pavel Zaka ran into each other and I got hit right in the same eye again so 
um, I thought that was pretty funny and I had to had to laugh that one off a little bit. Obviously, I was scared about my eye again, but it was all good. So, um, so the so the bruise was going away. You just need to get it back. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was a, it was about two days in, and it was the swelling was going down finally, and then just get hit right in the eye again. So, now where where did I? That was in St. Louis, was it? Yeah. That I mean, just go. That was. I remember, see, I forget where we were, but I, I remember seeing it on Twitter that night. It was during a game. And, I mean, that is it, right through the shield. It just went straight up through the shield and between your helmet. Yeah, um, I think it – he put his stick – I was going to finish a tech, and then he put his stick up right away and um, kind of got – I think it went right under my thing and then stick through my helmet. So um, I had, like, four different – I had one on my nose, one on my eyelid, and then one over top, too. So, um, yeah, I was pretty scared off the start. And then um, I got back to the bench, and um, the trainer was like, you're fine. Uh, don't worry about it. Your eyes, like, your eyesight should be fine and stuff. So that was for sure calming. And, um, yeah, obviously it was pretty scary at the time. And um, just fortunate to keep the eyesight and all that healthy. So. And it was the father's trip too, like unbelievable, right? So like your dad's there, my son, he had made his debut with Arizona, but here he is and yeah, now exactly. like what's going on? It had to be crazy, man. Just yeah, crazy. just sitting on the plane after with some ice on my eye. So um, nice. didn't get to visit that as much as I wanted to. But No, the memories, the memories. But I do want to talk about a memory that you'll talk about. And I'll talk about that one for a while, of course, too. But your first NHL goal, you come up. Your first game with the Devils, you pick up a helper. Game number two, Elvis Merlickens, Columbus, and bang, you get that first one. Take us through it. Yeah, I think uh, obviously I get, started gaining some confidence there, um, even in that first game. Um, got the call up, was super excited just to be up there. And um, I think it was Gusev uh, had an emer emergency, so um, wasn't too sure if I was going to go just right back down or kind of what the plan was there, but um, got in in uh, Carolina and got to, I threw a big hit the first shift, kind of got me into the game. And um, and then I got scored on right away too. So that didn't help for the, the confidence, but um, yeah, I, I just stuck with it and then got the helper. So I was gaining confidence that way. And then um, playing with um, Joey Anderson and, um, and Rooney, that was, I thought we were playing pretty well. So um, just forechecking, keeping it simple. And uh, in the Columbus game there, dumped it in. I think it was – that's the way you draw them up. You dump it in. And Joey got in enough forecheck and then made a pass out to Rooney off the pad right to me and tapped her in. So, yeah. yeah. And then, obviously, my dad was there too. So, instantly I started thinking about that too. So, um, yeah, it was an exciting moment. And, well, I definitely won't forget it my whole life. So what was it like as you saw that puck settle in the back of the net and said, yeah, that's number one, baby. Yeah. Um, pretty excited. Um, I, I don't think you're thinking too much at that point, just kind of um, taking in the moment, trying to celebrate, got some tingles for sure going and um, almost just want to do it again. So that was definitely the mindset. It's almost too, you know, you, you get that goal you go through the emotion of it and then you got to just get ready for your next shift as well. 
yeah exactly i'd say uh you gotta have a short memory for sure one thing i do want to ask uh you about is while you were in Kelowna, uh leon dreisaitl kind of did a drive-by you know came over from germany and played for the rockets uh when the pause occurred in the NHL, he was leading the league in scoring. Um, you played with him. Now you watch his growth. Anything you kind of learned or learning from him, uh, as you yeah, see what he's been able to do? For sure. Obviously, um, he's an amazing player, and I always knew that. Uh, he played in Prince Albert, actually, and then um, went up with the Oilers and then went back to the Rockets. Uh, we got him after the uh, World Juniors there. So, um, yeah, he's obviously an amazing player. He's a great guy, too. I just remember little things like he would pick up the, the um, dinner tab and all those things for the guys when we would all go out as a team. So, obviously, it's, uh, he was making NHL money, but um, it's still little things like that that um, you remember and it shows the character of the guys. So, um, it was cool to see that. And, I think obviously that makes him a great player too because he cares about his teammates. And um, yeah, I, I obviously knew he was a great player when I played with him and got to play with him in the Memorial Cup. So um, it was nice to even get that boost from him. Um, I think he helped me a lot through my career too. So, What um, makes him a great player? Um, I think he can slow down the game. He kind of makes the game go at his pace and, and – uh, his shot's amazing. He's pretty much got the whole package, I would say. Um, smartest guy I played with. Um, can see the ice like no one other, no one else, sorry. Um, obviously, on the power plays, dangerous. I think he's dangerous all over. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd just say pretty much the whole package. I think we have just a few moments left. Uh, Nate, what are your plans uh, for when we open up a little bit, whether or not we get back to play, who knows, but you have to prepare, uh, prepare uh, and go through preparation for whatever the season will be. Uh, what, uh, what are you doing and what are you looking forward to in year number two of your professional career? I guess at least completing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a big one, completing it, but um, I've just been working out, uh, doing Zoom workouts with my trainer and um, trying to stay in the best of shape. Obviously, it's tough uh, to not have ice and be on the ice, but um, doing what I can with skills work in the driveway or working out as much as I can. And um, I think year two, I'm excited. I'm, I haven't been to Jersey yet, so I'm excited to check out what, it, what it's like there. I've, I've heard a couple of stories from Mercs, and uh, I look forward to seeing it myself. And hopefully have a big impact in year two. Well, we look forward to having you in New Jersey. What did he tell you about our state? <laughs> uh, I just, I heard a couple, I heard the arena's amazing, uh, great fan base. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And you don't have to pump gas. Gas is pumped for you. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You do not have to get out and pump. There are only two states in America, and we are one of them. And every once in a while, there's a movement to change that, and there's always a pushback. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, but of course, Nate doesn't fill a car with gas. So, you know, as we found out <laughs> earlier, <laughs> I fill my car, just not Merck's. So. <laughs> Rob, some final questions for our guys. Yeah. Um, so for Nate. Um, you know, what did you learn so much this season and, and the transition from junior to pro 
and, and you know, uh, you were in the lineup, you were out sometimes as well. What, what did you learn to kind of get in the lineup uh, every game that, that you can adjust to next season? Uh, I think the main thing is just being consistent. Uh, I think you just got to kind of focus, focus on what you can control. And I think, I think that's a big model for myself is just focus on the factors uh, you can control. So it doesn't matter if you're on the fourth or the third or getting a chance on the second or the power play, whatever it is, you just, you got to look at yourself and make the most of the minutes that you get out there. Um, I think that was a big thing for me because in junior, I was, I was relied on. And then uh, you realize there are some really talented guys at this level and the next level. So um, I think it's just kind of getting out of your own head and just looking at yourself and doing what, doing the best you can in, in the situations. Well, it has been fabulous spending time with you guys. I have a couple of assignments. I got to get Morgan Wallen on my playlist. <laughs> I got to check out the own goal from the Guelph Storms, <laughs> Nate Schnarr, uh, and I will do those things. But uh, I know that we definitely appreciated your time. The stories were great. It was fantastic to get to know you guys a little bit better. As we mentioned earlier, Nick, having made his Devils debut already, and Nate, we're looking forward to meeting you in person. and. And seeing you one day with the New Jersey Devils, the future is bright, boys. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having us. And Rob, another great uh, hey. pause cast. No, I, I appreciate it as always. That was, that was awesome. A lot of fun speaking with Nate Schnarr and Nick Merkley. So thank you all for joining us. Thanks to Rob Lapolis for being the co-host once again this week. We appreciate your company as we do each and every time that you join us on the Devil's Podcast. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Be well, be safe, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.